In this episode of My Cat's Tale, a story of rescues from Crits for Cats. My five cats are so used to fosters coming in and out at this point, they hardly bat an eye. It's not something that the universe chooses, it's something that you make a conscious decision for yourself. The reward is just seeing these, these cats who need help return the care that you give them, one kitty at a time. Joining me now on My Cat's Tale, it's Bash with a lot of cats around the room in the description. And, well, there's a lot going on there, isn't there, Bash? Welcome to the show. Hi, Ewan. Thanks so much. There is always a lot going on at my house. Crits for Cats is one of those names where people are either going to understand exactly what's going on with the name or are completely at a loss. Yes, uh, a lot of people that we interact with in the community are completely at a loss, but a lot of most people on the internet community know exactly what it is. Uh, my love for gaming has always been something that's carried along with me in, uh, from childhood to now. Um, I'm, I'm a big nerd, and when I started out fostering, I thought I could put fostering cats and gaming together by showcasing them on my Twitch channel. So I'll be playing games, and then I've got a kitten cam set up where people can watch the kittens and ask about the fosters and maybe learn about how to foster themselves. And so I took a gaming idiom, which is crits, which is short for a critical attack, um, for cats because we're raising money and showcasing the cats. So that's how it came along. I want to start with that first one there, fostering kittens. Did you already have a feline household at that point? I did. I, I had my first rescue. I found her, um, geez, in 2012. Uh, and then we just kind of started collecting rescues at the time. Uh, we we had a couple that we intended to find homes for, and they stayed. And then when we hit number four of permanent cats, and I kept finding rescues, we kind of had to say, what are we going to do? You know, we can't keep housing cats like we have to find homes for these cats. But you kind of run into a situation as a person who rescues a lot of cats where you don't have anybody else who can take them after a certain point. You've, you've asked everybody in your small circle of friends, and everybody is pretty much full. So we had to reach out to a local rescue called Four Paws um, and be like, look, I have these kittens that I need to find homes for. I'm happy to keep fostering them and get them ready until they're ready, but I need help networking. And they were happy to bring us on board, found all of those kittens' homes, and then I just kept working with them from then on, um, in addition to still being the person that people call when there's a cat that needs help. So it's kind of been double duty from, and that was in 2019. So I still work really closely with Four Paws and do a lot of fostering for them. But I also do Rescue um, under our, our own name now, which is Crits for Cats, Inc., um, which we got incorporated this last year. Well, congratulations on that. Thank you. On the terms of carrying on rescuing, how does that work? Boy, the how is sometimes challenging. It, it depends on the situation. Um, sometimes it can mean TNR, which is taking a trap out to trap a feral or unsocialized cat um, to get it s fixed. 
uh, and either evaluate it to see if it's friendly or send it back to its territory where it's happiest living. Um, as long as someone is is caring for that cat in the future, you don't you don't ever want to do TNR and then just return a, a cat to a situation where it's not going to be cared for going forward. Um, sometimes rescuing cats is as simple as I'm driving down the road and there's a kitten in the middle of the road, which has happened to me on more than one occasion. Um, sometimes rescuing means I'm sitting at home and I get a text from my neighbor down the street uh, that someone found an orphaned kitten. And can you please take it because we know you do cat rescue. And that happened to me this summer as well. So it, rescue comes in lots of different forms. Um, sometimes it's as simple as retweeting somebody else's tweet for a cat in need. You know, we, we try with my Twitter account to um, be an advocate for cats other than our own. We try to amplify voices of cats who are maybe not, not getting as much um, exposure or the eyes that they need to get adopted, because people have certainly done that for us, so we're happy to do it for others. So rescue comes comes in a lot of shapes. Um, the need is ever-present, so I, it's something that I enjoy doing. It's something that my community locally has a desperate need for people to step up and help. Um, I can't see myself just being like, that's it, I've had enough. You know, I haven't hit burnout yet. It's there. It looms for most people who do cat rescue, especially those who are doing it as a small, a small independent rescuer. Um, it's really easy to get burned out, but I'm not there yet. Why do you do it then? The reward is just seeing these these cats who need help um, return the care that you give them. You know, uh, I don't know, like some. You go out and you see these little cats and they're sick or they're they're hurt or they're unsocialized and you know they you can see a spark of of something in them something greater than what they are and if you can be the one to give them the time that they need to show you their sweet and uh, playful side and their individual personalities you know you can you can change a life one kitty at a time how many Kitties, have you have passed through the household now? Then, boy, I have. I have a list. I keep a list of every kitty who comes through. Um, I haven't counted it up in a while, but it's close to close to 150 in the, in the last three years. That's, That's a lot 20, of 2019. Rescues. Yeah, yeah. Well, like we have an ample supply. <laughs> It's not all me um, rescuing all of these individual cats. I'd say, me personally, I've probably done about about forty in the last three years of just like individual. Someone called me and I went to go take care of the cat. Uh, most of the cats who come through are fosters with the uh, our partner rescue, where they're either kittens who who are not old enough yet to be adopted, or they're sick and they need. Um, medical help to recover before they can be adopted out or a lot of times people will send me like the really unsocialized cats who they're showing signs that they might be friendly and adoptable if someone can give them that one-on-one attention I get a lot of those who are might have been formal feral colony cats or might have been like like these two that I have right now are barn kittens they spent their life growing up in a barn where they were fed every day, but that's the only socialization that they had. And so they were really skittish, 
you know, accustomed to people, but not accustomed to being handled. Cats like that. Now they're lab cats. <laughs> and and for those of you listening, we, we don't video these, but they're just going everywhere around the office there just now, aren't they? Yeah, they're they're very busy. They like to play. They're about six months old, so they have that teenage cat energy. And how do they, how do they interact? Because you, you have your own cats in the house there as well. Yes. So all the cats who come in for foster or rescue, they spend at least a two-week uh, quarantine period in the kitten room here. That way, if they break with any uh, communicable diseases, we can catch it before they pass it on to the rest of the house. Um, after that, it depends on the kittens. If they are shy and, you know, fearful, um, and it looks like they're going to hide under the bed or down in the basement and not be able to be caught, I, I let them stay in the kitten room. Uh, but if they're brave and sociable and want to interact with people, then I'll open the door for the kitten room. Uh, my five cats are so used to fosters coming in and out at this point, they, they hardly bat an eye, you know, at new cats showing up. They're just like, oh, this again? Okay. <laughs> Tell me about those five. I have Sushi, Peanut, Mango. We call him Smidge. His name is Smidge. He's never been Mango except at the vets. Um, Shumai and Wasabi. And those are our five. Sushi was the first rescue that I ever did. She was on the side of the road, a tiny, tiny five-week-old kitten, um, I was like, I can't let her get squished. So I pulled over and got her out of the road, and she came home with me. Um, I didn't anticipate wanting a kitten. I kind of had been wanting a kitten because we'd had some some barn kittens for adoption at the place that I worked. And uh was like, ah, I, I don't really know if that's for me. And then I found her, and that was the end of it. So she was the first. And I found Peanut uh, about a year later. Um, someone had dumped him off in the grocery store parking lot and he had no idea how to fend for himself. So the idea was to take him to the shelter and find him a home because I only wanted one cat. Uh, but the shelter was closed because it was a few days before Christmas. So I kept him over the weekend and he and Sushi got along so well. I'm like, well, I guess I have two cats. So we found Smidge and he was uh, stuck in a storm drain as a little kitten. Um, took him out of the storm drain, found nobody around that knew where his mama was, couldn't find any other kittens in the area or cats that matched him, so he came home. Couldn't find anyone to adopt him, so he just stayed. And now he and Peanut are a bonded pair, absolutely inseparable, so never never separating them. And then it was several years where it was all quiet on the cat front until we found Shumai. She was in the middle of the road. Um, had either fallen out of the undercarriage of a car or had been tossed. Uh, thankfully, I was the next car and scooped her up real fast. Couldn't find anybody to adopt her. It's fine because she fell in love with my wife, so she knew how to stay. Uh, and then we started fostering, and we were pretty set on four cats. And about a year into our fostering journey, we got a call about a kitten who'd been dumped on someone's farm property and I went to pick her up and she came home and we were just going to foster her and we noticed that she had some uh, behavioral tendencies 
that might not have boded well for her long-term success as a as an adoptee. She's really, really food obsessed. Um, her own food, whatever you're eating, food in the kitchen, you you just can't trust her around food. She'll do things like if you're eating something, she'll launch herself across the room into the plate that you're that you're holding, so you can. She'll flip the plate out of your hands to get whatever's on it. Um, so we're like, you know, I don't think if we adopt this cat out that that's going to improve. There, there's a lot of people who don't understand cat behavior who adopt cats, and this kind of behavior is either going to get worse or it's going to get her returned, you know, or, or at worst, it's going to get her dumped again. So we can't in good conscience, like, adopt this cat out to somebody who's not ready for what this cat entails. So we kept her. And she's she's her mommy's little baby. She's my wife's little baby cat. She sleeps on her lap. Never takes her food. Only takes my food. So, and that's Wasabi. So those are our five. It turned out to be really good because Wasabi's like our babysitter cat. She She grew up as a foster and she grew up with fosters. And she just loves, like, whenever we get new foster kittens, she's the welcome committee. She gives them kisses. She grooms them. She'll play with them. She really makes them feel more at ease. So it's, you know, despite her her wild ways, she's a, a real asset to have in our family. What are your cats like when one of the foster kittens leaves the house? I mean, Do, do not care. No. <laughs> they, nope. There, they don't really notice. Uh, even Wasabi, you know, we thought we thought at first when Wasabi was younger that splitting her up from her little kitten friends was was going to be hard for her, but she does really well. She has um, friends with our adult cats that she's really close to, and she always knows that there's going to be new babies right around the corner. You know, so she's she's happy when they're here. But she seems to be pretty well adjusted when they go to. She's never really formed an attachment as strong with any of the kittens that I would be concerned that they'd formed a bonded pair. And thankfully, like, we thankfully don't usually have kittens here that long. Sometimes that's not the case. Like, I have a bonded mom and daughter right now that have been here since June. Uh, and they're just waiting to find their home. How does how does that make you feel being temporarily that loving home? How much responsibility do you feel while they're with you, but also to make sure that they go somewhere just as loving? Immense, immense responsibility. So much. I feel like these cats, I'm entrusted with their lives, their health, their mental well-being you know, their emotional well-being, it's its just like, if not more than as important as having my own cats because I'm preparing these cats to go into a loving home to to share the affection that they're sharing with me with some a total stranger to them. So it's my job as a foster carer to prepare them the best that I can for that transition and to be, you know, good citizens in their, in their new home. Um, and the responsibility I feel to them is incredible. I mean, if they get sick, you know, I'm the one that's taking them to the vet. 
um, or medicating them myself if it's something minor. Um, you know, if, if they're not getting along with another cat, I'm the one that's got to figure out the, the behavioral solution. You know, it's it's just like having your own cat, but slightly more, I feel like, because you're providing a service to them and to the community who's going to adopt them. Why do you think the universe has chosen you to do this? Oh, I don't know if it's the universe has chosen me. I think, I think it's just I saw uh, a need that needed to be filled, and I had the time and the knowledge and the the enjoyment of cats to to step in. Um, I think a lot of people who don't think that they could do this stuff can and should try. If you love cats and you want to help cats in your neighborhood, you know, you can do something as simple as setting up a feeding station if there's a colony nearby or you can learn how to trap from your local humane society or rescue center. They'll loan you traps and they'll teach you how to use them. Um, you know, and you can be the solution to stop suffering. It's, it's not something that the universe chooses. It's something that you make a conscious decision for yourself to change the world around you. And those changes you make to the cat's lives to presumably all the households who receive the love from the cats, that's, that's a huge reward there as well, but also quite a selfless one. It's really rewarding. The best reward is seeing updates from kittens that I have placed. Not every one of the people who adopt from us keeps in touch, and that's okay. You know, they're not my cats anymore. Once you sign the adoption form, that's your cat, and I'm not a part of that life anymore. It's your time to build your own family with that cat but it's so nice when people do keep in touch and I get to see these little kittens that I raised grown into like loving happy cats with happy lives just thriving in their new home that's the biggest reward and that's what really keeps me going when things get tough if you're looking back at all those images are there any that sort of stand out as going I did good there yeah we have we have a few there's a couple that I'm really lucky to keep in touch with on uh, on Twitter. They have their own social medias, so I get to see them all the time. Um, it, they were adopted by um, what have become very close friends. Uh, one is Pepper, and she's on Twitter at Pepper Spice Girl. Um, and she was a kitten who was found in the middle of the road with a broken leg, and we patched her leg back together with the help of crowdfunding on the internet it was our first our first like big success um as a like an online presence for rescue um and so she, she's really fun to see her grow and being being her crazy little self so she's one i have very fond memories of and then from this year i my absolute favorite has got to be tater tot if i could have kept a cat out of all the cats that I fostered, it would have been Tater Tot. She is was the model bottle baby, never did a thing wrong, slept through the night, ate when you fed her, pooped when you pooped her. It was great. <laughs> no problems. Um, uh, she didn't have any problems at all until her spay appointment. Um, and she developed aspiration pneumonia after her spay and nearly died. 
um, nearly passed away. It was horrible. It was horrible. But with the help of the community that has built up around me, we were able to raise enough to get her emergency funds covered, and we were able to save her life. So she she left a real emotional impact on me. Um, we've had some some tough losses in rescue, but it's sure nice when you don't have to say goodbye. You also talk there about the community that's gathered around. We have the community on Twitter, but we also have the community on Twitch as well, which we mentioned right at the top there of you're going out. For those of you who don't understand Twitch or just go, but you're just watching somebody else play a game. It's actually a really interactive place. Yeah, it's a real social experience. I don't... I don't really know a lot of people that go on Twitch just to watch people play a video game because that's not very interesting. Most people I know who use Twitch use it as another form of social media. It's a way to connect to friends who are playing games that you may or may not be interested in, but you're interacting with them on a one-on-one level. It's, It's like having a conversation with someone who's playing a game at the same time. You know, you joke around, you share memes, you, you know make fun of the person because they played the video game and badly, which happens in my case, because I'm not very good at a lot of games. I just like to play them. So it's more than, it's more than just like, I'm going to watch someone play Fortnite. It's I'm going to watch my favorite person enjoy something that they're doing and share that time with them. And for me, it's also people who get to watch the cats and interact with the cats because they're always busy in here while I'm doing what I'm doing. And people can ask me questions about them or about cat behavior. I have some uh, some incentives built into the Twitch stream where people can redeem. It's like loyalty points. They're, you don't have to spend money. You just have to watch the channel and you get these points that you can spend. Um, and a lot of the points that I have are for fun things like give the kittens a treat or tell us a fact about cats. And it's a, it's a great way to get people to engage with the channel who may not have been watching it for a long time. Well, in the way that we have a pre-recorded podcast, you can listen to anywhere. We don't really do the live experience at my cat's tail, but you do the flip side. You do the live experience. Yeah. Yep. Everything that on Twitch is live, but you can always go back and watch old broadcasts. Um, the really good stuff I save as clips so people can watch it anytime. But most of the Twitch broadcasts are automatically saved for a month. So you can kind of see what we've been up to. Uh, so where can people find you and watch both your five and all the other cats that are passing through? So you can always find us. We're, we're on the internet on all the things at crits4, which is the number four, cats. That's Twitch, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. So it's C-R-I-T-S the number four, at cats. And as always, we will have links back at our website and in the show notes, mycatstailpod.com. Bash, it sounds like not just one story, but hundreds of stories of cats that are all wrapped up in here. So thank you just for giving a view onto another way of just loving our feline friends. Thank you so much for having me, and it's been great talking to you. You've been listening to My Cat's Tale, a Spence Media production. Listen to more tales of our perfect pets at mycatstailpod.com and support us on Patreon.
Bash there with not only her five cats, but all the cats who have passed through crits for cats and found loving homes out there in the wide world. Many, many cats' tails packed in there, but also cats' tails, individual cat tails as well. That's what we do here every week. If you're new here, welcome. Find out more at mycatstailpod.com and links into all your favourite podcasts, apps and directories. If you've been here a while, do consider giving us a rating or leaving a review as well to help other people find us. Ta-ra for now. <laughs>